You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Hello, everybody. I have a huge announcement to make. Just kidding. I just want to welcome you all back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and uh, I hope everybody is staying warm out there. It's freaking freezing outside, and every time the temperatures drop to this level, I just can't help but think, what are the animals doing? Like, I, I... I bitch and complain when it gets down to like 30 degrees in the tree stand and uh, these animals are out living in it every day. So uh, it just reminds me how tough they actually are. Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking with Adam Parr from Quiet Cat. And uh, long story short, he's going to talk to us about what a Quiet Cat is, the product specs, the price points, and uh, who... You know, who buys a quiet cat? This is a product that it's not like a trail camera or or a bow or arrows or broadheads. You just don't walk into a store and buy one of these things. Uh, it takes some planning and some savings uh, unless you're, you know, filthy rich. But uh, it's, uh, it's a product that there's, there's thought that has to go into before you actually purchase it. And uh, Adam's going to talk to us about that today. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with what a quiet cat is, it's... Uh, it's like a, a motorized tricycle that allows you to get back and forth to wherever you're going to go out in the hunting woods. So uh, to your tree stands to go check trail cameras and uh, they, they sell the idea that it is that it's quiet and it runs off batteries. But uh, I'm not going to waste your time, me trying to explain it. I'll let Adam do that. So here we go. All right, on the phone with me now is Adam Parr from Quiet Cat. How's it going today, Adam? Hey, Dan, doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no worries, man. So, um, I you know I know you're a hunter because I saw you on a I saw you on a TV show once. But how did your season go this year? Season season actually went really well. I ended up killing a 150 inch 10 point in uh, Kansas. So I was uh, pretty happy with that. I ended up getting him on public land. Oh, nice! But uh, I, I I do have access to private land out there, and and uh, so I did quite a bit of hunting out there, but just wasn't able to close the deal on on a good buck. I actually missed a 165. Here oh. what I think is one one mid 160s a uh, couple weeks prior to to killing that that 10 point. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a good year. Good, good year for sure. Yeah. So how'd your late season end up? You still is <laughs> Iowa still going on right now or No, I was done. I was done on uh oh. January tenth and uh 
I didn't. Uh, I decided to go to the ATA show instead of go out and try to do some hunting. I just my year was a little rough, but uh, uh, I missed uh, I missed a booner on, on November first. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I know how you feel. <laughs> I remember following that man. That's devastating. That's tough. But I, uh, you know, I was uh, right when I missed mine. You guys, you guys came out with the the Wired to Hunt podcast about you know dealing with failure and all that stuff. Yeah. So. It was much needed on my end as well. It was <laughs> <laughs> tough to walk away from when you you miss one that that close and you know that caliber That's for right. sure. So we were in the same boat there. <laughs> so today we are going to talk about the company Quiet Cat. Um, let's just go ahead and start off who you are, what you do for the company, and uh, a little bit of company history. Yeah, of course. Um, once again, my name is Adam Parr. I'm the head of sales for Quiet Cat, so my day-to-day responsibilities um, are dealing with our dealer network, so all our retailers across the U.S. and internationally, so working with them, making sure they have all the product information, sending them leads, and uh, working with them on that front, and then we also get a lot of direct consumer calls, so fielding a lot of those, answering a lot of questions. and then I oversee some of the marketing efforts. So I oversee the website, email blast, and print material. So that's kind of my day-to-day overview as, as head of sales. And a little bit of background on the company. We sold the first commercial unit of Quiet Cat in November of 2013. So fairly new company, a little over two years old. Product development side and kind of engineering and and development started about one year prior to that. So um, getting everything up to speed and then we were taking some pre-orders and sold our first unit, like I said, in November of 2013. The product itself was developed by two owners um, of the company. Um, They're big time hunters themselves and they were using, at the time, a golf cart to get around their hunting properties and trying to access, but the golf cart just wasn't portable. It was heavy, um, you know, just didn't fit the terrain they were using it on. So they kind of jumped up this idea and, and uh, voila, Quiet Cat was born. Gotcha. So, so kind of a, when they were sitting around the table and they're saying, okay, we got, you know, I got this idea. We need a, a product that, you know, we're sitting around, you got these ideas, you're brainstorming of, of what to make. They, they know they want to make some kind of uh, human transportation vehicle that, that makes it easier for hunters to get around. What were they thinking? What were some of the concepts and ideas that were running through their head as they, as they started to design this product? Yeah, so some of the, the first concept, and which has always been part of the Quiet Cat design and will be, um, you know, to, for years to come will be the portability aspect. So they're very mobile hunters. They um, have property in a bunch of different places, so it's just simple for them to, to be able to pull something that's lightweight, can fit in the back of an SUV or the bed of a truck, can be lifted by hand, um, requiring not requiring the use of a trailer to pull it around. So portability and mobility was the uh, was the fundament, fundamental design of the Quiet Cat. Um, at the same time, it does have to be something that can handle the off-road terrain. So um, both owners are avid mountain bikers. 
out here in Colorado, so incorporated a lot of aspects that go into high-quality mountain bike design. So um, off-road suspension as far as the front forks and rear shocks and, and um, you know, just a lightweight tubular aluminum frame. So that's the kind of second component of that. Third component, um, the parent company of uh, Quiet Cat is actually Urge Media. So it's a marketing company that was founded in the early 2000s. So what we do with Urge is work with a number of TV producers in the outdoor space and hunting and fishing and uh, buy up their inventory and, and uh, advertising space. And then we work with a number of product manufacturers in that, in that space. So it might be somebody, some companies that have tree stands or makers of game calls or food pot seeds. We work with a number of those companies. So kind of the third aspect was coming out with a product that we could fill into some of that inventory space um, that we might have left over at the end of the year. So those are kind of the three three main things that kind of built Quiet Cat and, and uh, made, it as, made it what it is today. Gotcha. So, you know, I'm 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 looking here on the uh, on the photo gallery of your website page. Just you know, just taking a look at it, looking, seeing what it looks like, seeing some of the the uh, the uh, backgrounds of where this this thing is uh, has been and is going. What is the yep. what is the Let's talk about product specs now. What is what does it weigh? I know you guys have a couple different options um, skews. What for but for the most part, what does it weigh? Yeah, so we we essentially have three different models ranging anywhere from 110 pounds to 140 pounds. So pretty pretty light lightweight vehicle, and essentially we have a 48 volt system, a 60 volt, and a 72. So um, the 48 volt model is being the the lightest weight, mainly just because of the battery. 60 volt is kind of the middle of the road and then the 72 volt it's a bigger battery it takes up that entire compartment so that's where you see the the weight difference in between the two and between the three models excuse me gotcha so on the uh, 72 volt then uh, does the bigger battery mean that it can last longer and go farther yeah so so that 72 volt battery is a 30 amp hour battery um, the 48 volt and the 60 volt batteries are only 20 amp hours. So essentially the larger, the larger number of amp hours, the more runtime or more mileage you'll get out of the battery. Gotcha. Now, with that being said, the 48 volt and the 60 volts, you can actually put a second battery inside that compartment. So essentially when one runs out, you switch the other one over and then you've got a then you've got a fresh new battery and essentially double your mileage. So gotcha. those are both twenty amp hour batteries. So if you run two, essentially they'll have forty amp hours worth of runtime. Okay. And that um forty amp hours of a runtime, what's that translate to in mileage? Yeah, so we do everything based off the mileage. And uh it really varies based on the terrain you're riding it on and also the rider weight and how much gear you're gear you're carrying with you, but to kind of give you a scenario, a 200-pound rider on flatter terrain can expect to get about 20 to 25 miles per charge on the 48-volt and the 60-volt models on uh, just one battery. So if you if you add your second battery in there and you switch that over when the first one's dead, you know, you could get up to 50 miles. 
Gotcha. The 72-volt battery, now that one, you get about 30 to 35 miles. Same thing, 200-pound rider, flatter terrain. Now, if you're adding more weight and you got a, a heavier rider or you're using it on some terrain and some hills, you know, that's going to affect the battery. So you might be down to, that 72-volt might be down to 25 miles. Um, the, the 48 volts and the 50s might go down to 10, 15, you know, just depends on where you're running at and who's riding it and what gear you're bringing. Gotcha. So, you know, I see here on your website, it says recommended carrying load up to 225 pounds rider and gear. All right. And, mm -hmm. and I know you just kind of covered it a little bit, but I, I weigh roughly between 230 and 245 pounds. When I have my pack and my, and my tree stand on my back to go to my stands, I'm probably pushing somewhere around 275. Um, yep. and, and although that would be flatter terrain, and I'm just kind of brainstorming of how I would use it is, is the weight limit. I mean, as from a, from a functionality standpoint is, is 225 just kind of like a recommendation or is it, is the functionality won't be as good after you go up from that weight? Yeah, yeah, you nailed it right there. So it's um, that that weight rating we put on each model is based off our recommended weight based on optimal power and performance. Now, yeah, you could ride that 48-volt model, but, you know, you're going to have lesser mileage. Um, you know, you might have some problems getting up some of the hills if you got some, some good-sized hills out there, and if you're bringing extra gear, you know, it's just not going to, you know, have the power that you're looking for. So that's why we try to keep everybody in that, selected weight range that that um you know between rider and the, the gear they're bringing the suspension itself can hold far beyond that gotcha. um, but you know we do everything based off of power and performance so you would either want to go with the prowler or the or the rancher the thing is when you if you start with a, a larger model such as the 60 volt or the 72 volt you can always dial that power down like let's say you wanted to um, you know, conserve battery life, or you're using on slider terrain and you necessarily didn't need all the power, um, you can actually turn the amperage down and in turn you get better mileage. You're sacrificing horsepower, but your battery's going to last longer. Gotcha. Vice versa, if you need more power, like let's say you're going to be pulling out a deer or, you know, bring in a couple tree stands and a 50 pound pack with you, you can actually crank up the amperage and um, in turn, you're going to have more horsepower. So you got a little bit of functionality and a little bit to play with there as far as the power settings go. Gotcha. So when I when I think of a product like this, the first thing that comes to my mind is where I hunt in a I hunt out west in a, mm -hmm. in Nebraska in the sand hills. Although there are areas that are, that are flat, that would be perfect for you know like on a, on a road to get to a spot. There's also some inclines is there is there a, a grade or a percentage of uh, inclines that this that it's not recommended to go over yes we we uh you know try to keep it uh, 20 degrees or less which is a pretty pretty steep slope um now it is it is a front wheel drive machine and it is lightweight so whenever you're riding it up hills or over dip different terrain features such as mud or loose sand um you know being as lightweight and front wheel drive it really does matter where you position your your weight over that front drive tire so if i'm coming up on a hill 
one, um, on a, just like a mountain bike or, you know, any, any smaller powered vehicle, momentum is going to be your friend. So one, I'm going to get my speed up Two, um, I'm usually standing up. So that allows me to get more weight forward and overall better traction over that front tire. So, um, it just kind of depends, you know, it it takes a little bit to get used to. It's not something that you kind of just hop on and, and, uh, are able to cover any terrain you want. You know, you definitely want to get that vehicle and practice in your yard and flatter terrain to get used to it and, and then kind of move off road from there. So, um, yeah, it just kind of depends. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, um, now we talked about grade, but let's talk about, um, like roughness of the terrain, like boulders or rocks or, or when you guys, I, I take it when you guys tested this, you went out and put it through the ringer. Um, what, where does this perform the best? Where does quiet cat perform the best? You know, it's, it's really built for, um, you know, pretty much any off-road terrain. Now, if you're using it in really steep areas or spots that are just super muddy and, you know, tons of water and stuff like that, it's probably not going to be the best for that certain application. But, you know, I would say majority of the Midwest, you got the rolling farmland, um, you know, established trails through your property. That's that's where it's really um, designed for. And that plays into a lot of the, um, you know, quietness and accessing your stand, yeah. um, having those established trails, you know, throughout your property that you can utilize and then, you know, ride pretty close to your stand and walk from there, or, you know, literally drive it right to the bottom of your stand. So really just kind of, you know, it, 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 we use it out here in, in Colorado and some of our elk leases. Now there is some parts of the terrain that, you know, just are too steep or just frankly too rough, but that's the beauty part about the quiet cat is that it is so lightweight. If you need to lift it over a boulder or a log, you know, <laughs> you can do that. If you get yeah. it stuck and stuck or buried in mud, you can pull it out by hand. Um, you know, if you bury a, a four wheeler or a side by side or a, a big golf cart, and you don't have a winch or a way to get that out. You know, you're kind of, a <laughs> you're going to be sitting there for a while. So, um, and, and, and one of the, one of the unique features about the quiet cat is the rear swing arm so and that's and that's completely adjustable based on rider preference and the terrain you're riding on so essentially what that is there's three bolts in the in the rear end um sitting over that back spring now with all three bolts installed it's a very stable um yet rigid platform so there's not a lot of deck movement or lean right to left so that that's ideal for somebody who maybe um, you know, might not have the balance all the way or um, riding it on flat terrain and, and doesn't really need all the lean. Um, if you are using it in, on, I, I personally, I ride the quiet cat with all the bolts removed because that, what that allows me is 15 degrees of lean right to left. Gotcha. So if I'm, let's say I'm on the side of a hill or one tire is in the rut and one's, you know, lower or higher than the other. Now my tires will be following the terrain but now I can adjust my platform back to level so I don't feel, you know, so tippy and rigid or at the mercy of the train. So that's one of the, one of the unique features there um, is the swing arm. So with all of them removed, you have 15 degrees of lean right to left. With the center bolt in and the two outside bolts removed, you have 8 degrees of lean. So that's kind of like your happy medium. And then, and then with all of them in, you're pretty much locked out. You only got a few degrees of lean right to left. Right, right. So I'm on this thing 
um, and I come to water like a creek. It's flat. I can I know I can get across it, but is is the are the components 100% waterproof or or is there a limit to how deep of water that I can go through? Yeah, typically I try to keep it, um, you know, six inches or less as far as water goes. Um, you know, once again, usually momentum is your friend in those scenarios. So you get up a little bit of speed. And when you go through that water, you're kind of creating a wake and it's kind of spraying it away. Um, now that being said, the motor and the housing and everything is all um, – waterproof it's not submergible waterproof so by no means go don't go park this thing in a lake and, <laughs> and yeah. expect it to work fine but um you know it is it is waterproof it's built for outdoor use um so that's perfectly fine so yeah i, I splash the rivers all the time as long as it's a hard bottom you get those ones that are really mucky you know then that might be a one you you might want to go around or you know sometimes i'll just pick it up and carry it across so it just uh kind of depends but yeah it is it is waterproof to an extent of not being submerged gotcha i see you know there's probably chains and gears and and all this stuff in there in order to prolong the life of this as much as possible what kind of maintenance is required for this for this uh vehicle um well in regards to like the chains and gears um it's, it's not a, a chain driven um, drive system. It's a direct drive motor, and that's what you see in that in that front um, wheel, that hub there. That's actually the motor. Gotcha. So so there's no no chains or any kind of lubrication or any maintenance you need to do on that end. Really, the the main thing you're looking for as far as general maintenance of the Quiet Cat is typically what like what you do for any mountain bike. So I'm making sure the the spokes are all tightened on the on the front wheels. I'm making sure that you know any bolts that you know might might uh, have rattled loose from prolonged use. I'm, I'm just checking bolted connections. Obviously, I'm making sure my my battery is is charged up prior to going out. But other than that, I mean, there's um, keeping it clean. You know, is one thing too. Just making sure that you know if you take it out in a, a muddy scenario or and there's there's you know, stuff getting flung everywhere. I'm making sure those brakes are, are clear of any rocks or dirt and, uh, you know, the, the suspension, you know, any rocks or dirt that gets in there, I'm just going to spray everything out with a hose and make sure it's cleaned up. So there's, it's pretty, pretty maintenance free in that aspect, but, you know, just some, some little checks and balances here and there. Gotcha. Now, when it comes to the batteries, um, extremely warm or extremely cold temperatures do you get more or less of a charge or um, are you able in colder temperatures does the battery go through faster yeah so all, all batteries by nature are somewhat temperamental by certain temperatures so whether it being really hot or really cold it's definitely um, it can affect your battery life depending on that certain temperature um, with that being said, we do source lithium-ion batteries, where a number of other electric vehicles on the market they source um, your lead-acid battery, so it's your typical, you know, car battery. So those those require um, some maintenance. You know, you're typically you're topping them off with water, and those are very temperamental to to um, you know extreme colds and and um, extreme hot. So where lithium's really, uh, you know 
kind of outperform a lot of acids are that they they perform a lot better in in hot and cold environments. Um, two, these are sealed up, so you don't have to maintain them. Um, three, they're a lot lighter weight, so that plays into the portability aspect. And four, they just strictly they just last a lot longer. So these these batteries, they get a thousand charges over the lifetime of the battery. So for for example, on that on that 60 volt, um, average about 20 miles per charge. That's 20,000 miles over the lifetime that battery's going to last. So um, you know we source lithiums. You pay for them up front. You know they are more expensive than your traditional lead acid battery, but they perform a lot better. They last a lot longer. Um, just overall, they're a much better battery in the long run. Gotcha. Gotcha. Let's see here. So now let's talk price point a little bit here. Um, I mean, this is not a, a product that you go and you buy at a Cabela's. I mean, it's not, or what I mean by that is it's not a, uh, man, I need a trail camera. I got to go get it right now. For the not, moment. Right. Yeah. For yeah. the moment. So who, I guess, who are, I know this is kind of a broad question, but who are your customers? Yeah, you know, it really depends. One of the one of the cool things about working for for Quiet Cat and and the product that we offer is is getting people back outdoors. You know, it might be it might be the guy who hasn't been able to hunt in ten years just simply because he had knee surgery or. Um, you know, you just can't walk as as, as far as he as he used to be able to. So, um, you know, a lot I would say a pretty good amount of our market is is people with some sort of disability, whether it's walking or um, you know just being able to get around in general. So that's a that's a pretty good amount of our market. Um, you know, the other part of our target consumer is somebody who's, you know, just like yourself, you talk about being a run and gun um, hunter. So you're very mobile, you're, you're moving around to different setups. So that's where the quiet cat really fits well into that sort of hunting aspect. So for somebody to be able to take the quiet cat, you know, if their properties, um, you know, 10 miles down the road, something that they can load up into their vehicle, either with a ramp or a hitch mounted receiver, or, you know, just lifting it up into the back of the uh, bed of the pickup um, or SUV, the steering column folds down so you can fit it in the back of like a minivan or SUV or some hatchback cars even. So, um, you know, definitely the mobile hunter, somebody who's constantly on the go, um, and not looking to, to pull a trailer or add all that extra weight and time and all that effort to go into it. So um, I would say those are our two kind of main markets for the quiet cat is somebody who, you know, needs it for um, just strictly to get out there and somebody who's using it as something to um, access their stands and, and be that kind of run and gun setup. Gotcha. So this this product and this is an estimate roughly between four to seven thousand dollars for uh, for um, it, depending on what model you get, you know mm -hmm. when somebody is sitting there going hmm do I buy a four wheeler do I buy a side by side or a similar product at a similar or a, a four wheel or even a three wheeler or a four wheeler or a side by side or uh, off you know off road vehicle. Why mm -hmm. should why should someone consider a quiet cat over one of those other vehicles? Yeah, no, great question. We get we get asked that all the time. Um, you know, the one one main thing is as it is in the name, 
is the the silent factor. You know, it is it is very very quiet. Being a, it's a battery powered and uh, electric motor, you're not going to be able to ride your gas powered four wheeler direct directly to your stand and and expect that you're not going to spook something out of there. So, number one reason is the, the silent factor. Um, two. It's, uh, you know, as far as I go, or a lot of our customers, is, is that portability aspect. Usually, you're not going to be able to, to load a quad in by hand um, into the back of a, a pickup truck, or let alone even try to get one in an SUV. So, for somebody who's not looking to add a lot of weight, and, or have to purchase a trailer and get that titled, and all the expense that goes along with that, um, you know, that's a, that's a pretty big factor in buying. Um, you know, and the, the other thing is just, you know, not a, not a lot of maintenance. It's, it's scent free. So you're not dealing with the gas and oil and the, and the fumes of that. So it's, and it's going to get you, going to get you everywhere you need to go that usually a quad will. Now it's not a workhorse that a, a UTV and a quad will be, and it's not going to carry the amount of weight, but you know, this is, serves a different purpose. It's, it's strictly designed as an access vehicle that, you know, can be used as utility aspect of carrying some stands and some gear or even pulling out a deer if, if needed. Um, so it kind of fits a different market that's almost complementary to a quad or side-by-side or electric golf carts um, in that aspect. So um, those are kind of the kind of the reasons I I go over when, when, when somebody's kind of weighing that decision of whether to go with a quad or an ATV or something like a quad cat. Gotcha. Um does this vehicle need to be registered at all in any any certain states? No, not unless unless you're using it for on-road use, like like if you're going to ride it down like roads and stuff like that. Yeah. Some and it, it varies so much by state to state on what is required. Like for instance, here in Eagle, Colorado, where we're at, the uh, the county they. Uh, they just make you buy a three-year permit, you know, it costs like five bucks or something like that. And then you stick it on your vehicle and then you can literally ride it on the streets, sidewalks, wherever. And, and you are completely legal. Um, now for private land use, I mean, do whatever you want. Um, this vehicle is classified as a low speed electric vehicle. So it kind of falls into the category of like an electric bicycle. So, um, and, and again, there's there's a lot of gray areas that go into what's required and what's not, and what's classified, and and uh, but you know states are starting to come around and adopting different laws and regulations around these types of vehicles. So you'll see a lot more of it um, coming here in the, in the near future as as laws get changed and and more products come to market. But um, you know we always just say. Hey, check with your local regulations and what's what's allowed and what's not allowed, and what you got to do if if you have to get it registered or you know get some sort of um, thing from your department of motor vehicles. So it just it just varies. Gotcha. And then um, for some public land, there is there are laws against motorized vehicles. Does that does the Quiet Cat count as a motorized vehicle? Yeah, technically yes. Anything okay. with a with a motor that's you know battery powered or gas powered is is classified as a motorized vehicle. Um, you know there there are some areas 
as you know, in public land where motorized access is allowed on, on designated trails and yep. and stuff like that. Um, so it just kind of depends on what trail, what area you're in. Um, and obviously for, for private land, it's not an issue, but for public land, you know, always make sure you're checking those regulations and what's allowed and what's not allowed. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and then I see, I see you also kind of do a little bit of marketing towards the golfing community. Is it, uh, yeah. for the most part, is it the same exact, uh, same exact, just different accessories on the back end? Yeah, exactly. It's the same, same vehicle other than the tires, you know, uh, after our kind of hunting vehicle, it's, it, they, it's more aggressive tread on the tires. So we usually go with a turf tread for the golf model. And then you have the, the rear bag rack. So that's what holds your golf bag. And then uh, there's a cooler, the ball, a club washer, and then the sand bottle. So you can kind of accessorize it how you want. And people add different things like, you know, umbrellas or different seats or, you know, all, all sorts of different stuff. And, and that's one thing, too, that I that, that, uh, kind of wanted to hit on, too, is as far as making that purchase between an ATV or a side-by-side or a quiet cat or, you know, whatever vehicle you, you might be considering, um, the quiet cat does have does serve a purpose for more than than just strictly getting you back and forth to your to your tree stand. Um, you know, as far as the the hunting aspect goes, a lot of people use them to hang stands or you know it's a super um, easy vehicle to to get out and and, and check those trail cameras and um, do it quickly and it's going to get you where you need to go and have the mileage you need to do it. Um, so it kind of fits, fits a bunch of different purposes within the hunting, um, you know, aspect, but also beyond that, like I said, we, people, you know, when they're not using it for hunting in the fall, they're switching over to the turf tires and throwing the golf accessories and going to hitting the links or they're using it to, to take camping or, you know, just go ride some trails or just kind of have fun on it, you know? So there's a lot of different, um, uses for the quiet cat other than hunting and 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 once you own one you're like man i could use this and take it here you know it'd be cool to you know take it camping and we'll you know use it around the the park there and get around wherever so it's being that it's so portable and lightweight and easy to get around and and uh, you know a lot of people use it for a lot of different things gotcha what's the warranty on this we offer a one-year warranty so that includes all the electronics, batteries, motors, um, you know, any any part of the components that, that, that make up the Quiet Cat. And then we offer a lifetime warranty on the frame itself. So, gotcha. um, yeah, it's the warranty. Do you guys offer any type of um, – with a product like this, it's, you know, higher than most – um, what I'm going to consider bow hunting equipment that people are going to buy. Um, mm-hmm. there, you know, obviously there's a lot more thought that goes into this. Do you guys offer any type of financing that goes along with the, the purchase of this product? For direct consumers, um, we, we, we do actually have a financing program. The, the thing is, is that it's, it's pretty high interest just because yeah. these lending institutions, you know, anything, anytime you're working with a, a direct consumer, that kind of retail market, it's a higher risk. Um, so the interest rate is higher. But we do offer that through a third party. It's not through Quiet Cat itself. 
Um, you know, but we, we do have other retailers out there and dealers across the country that do offer financing programs through them. So something, something to consider if, if you are, you know, purchasing, we do have dealers that offer that financing program. And, uh, you know, most people, you know, put it on a credit card. Usually it's going to be a better interest rate than, than, uh, going through our, third-party financiers so the options are out there it just depends on what they're looking for gotcha and then uh where's this where's this manufactured everything is manufactured and assembled in eagle colorado so we're we're up in the mountains we're we're about two hours west of denver and uh so we're about 30 minutes past the vale i don't know if you've heard of yep ski resort yeah, pretty well known. So we're in the Vale Valley. So it's a it's a beautiful place. We we love it out here. But yeah, all all the um, everything takes place. Our offices and um, manufacturing facility are in Eagle, Colorado. And this, the, so it's it's uh, assembled. So is this considered a, a made in American product? It is. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we we yeah we we uh you know we source a lot of components here in the U.S. But there's components that you know for example those lithium batteries. You know that tech, technology just exists in China. You know it's just it's it's an overseas part that that you need, and uh, frankly, you just can't get it here in the U.S. Especially for the price point, you know, gotcha. to to make it worthwhile. So some some components we do have to go overseas for, but um, um, most of the components are sourced here in the U.S. And then all the um, assembly and labor and and uh, everything on that front is is uh, here in Eagle. Cool. So now when uh after this podcast, you know, it puts a little seed in some people's head heads, where where should I or the listeners go to find out more about Quiet Cat? Yeah, so the the, the best place to go would be obviously check out our website, www.quietcat.com. That's Q U I E T K A T dot com. And there you can look at all our different products that we offer, the different models. Um, you can watch a number of videos. So we have our commercials and, and different segments that we've done. Also, you can click on the retailers um, tab on the Quiet Cat site, and that'll pull up a map of the U.S. and internationally, and you can see where our dealers are located across the country. So that's a great, great tool to utilize. If you're, hey, I'm, you know, here, where's the closest dealer? Pull that up. Take go visit them, take one for a test drive. So that's one thing we really encourage is, you know, every what really kind of sells people, so to speak, and where they really get it is when they actually get to ride one. You know, so yeah. go go to one of your dealers, um, you know, take one for a test drive if possible, and, and get your hands on it. So the website's the the best place to go. One thing we are running right now. One thing to have everyone check out is our giveaway. Um, we are giving away a 48 volt Hunter model in 2016. So if you go to quietcat.com slash quietcat dash giveaway, that'll pull up the uh, contest entry there. So you can fill that out and you can enter to win a quiet cat. Wow. So that's pretty that's cool. Pretty good deal there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You better sign up, Dan. Yeah, I know. I need to. Uh, <laughs> Well, I tell you what, thanks for uh, taking time to come on the show today and, uh, you know, spread the word about Quiet Cat. Anything else that you'd like to say before uh, before we get out of here? Um, no, I mean, uh, it was great, great to be on the show. I 
really admire what you're doing, Dan, and, and uh, it's a pleasure talking with you today. And if anyone has any questions, yeah, definitely check out the website. They can uh, send an email to info at quietcat.com for further questions, or they can call the number on the website. We'd be happy to work with you and answer any questions you have. So, yeah, definitely appreciate the time and, and uh, looking forward to hearing from everybody. And that brings us to an end of this week's podcast. Uh, thanks again for coming in and, and taking your time to listen to these podcasts. I really appreciate it. Um, I just want to say that uh, if you haven't already, just like I mentioned in, in most of my podcasts, go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, like and follow. And uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, and uh, go visit the website. You know, that's where I have a lot of blogs. Um uh, not only about uh, products, but about strategy, about um, how I hunt, the way I hunt, and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, I think that's it. Um, make sure you guys are all staying warm out there. Bundle up. I'd hate for you guys to get frostbite. And uh, stay tuned for more episodes coming in the month of January and February. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. I'm on iTunes. I'm on Stitcher. Go there, leave a review uh, if you like the podcast, and uh, I'd love to hear what you, your guys' thoughts are, and I want to make this as fluid as possible, what companies you want to get on the show, and uh, I'll try to get, uh, get to all of your guys' suggestions and ideas. So, with that said, wear your damn safety harness. <laughs>